Good morning, and welcome to Van Life Pantry Nomadic Pantry Podcast, where we talk all things food, cooking, kitchen, pantry storage, and nomadic life for vehicle nomads. It's been a while, again, since I have done a podcast, and I've started to record a few, but um, one thing that you learn, or you already know if you're a nomad, along the way is that sometimes there is noise that you can't do anything about. And depending on where you are, um, you maybe don't have the right studio quality noiseless area for recording. And I kind of don't have that now. So if you hear some birds in the background, we'll just call that a bonus. Um, I hope you've all been well. I hope you are enjoying life and adventuring and doing all of the things that you want to do. I want to let people know who are maybe just thinking about traveling. It is not always glamour, of course. It is not always easy, of course. There are things that make the nomadic lifestyle actually more difficult than living a stationary lifestyle. And and those things are many, myriad. But I still think that the payoff, the return, the thing that you get out of it is better, more important than, well, in a risk-benefit analysis, (laughs) I think the benefits outweigh the bad. Um, One thing that you learn is that chores cannot be put off. Chores have to be done all the time, regardless of whether you feel like it. When you are in a house or in a stationary apartment or wherever that happens to be, a lot of times you can skip the chores if you want to. You can wait a day, you can wait three days, you can wait a week. But in a nomadic lifestyle, you really can't do that. And depending on how often you are moving to another location, you really can't do that because if you are somewhere that you get to stay a week or two weeks or three weeks or six weeks, you can ease in a little bit. You can take some of your things out. You can put up your awning. You can um, set things around that are going to be able to stay where you put them for that amount of time. But if you are just there for a weekend or if you are just there for the night, then you can't do those things. And that means that you have to move something and then put it back in its packed position right away. So those things can get tiring over time. Those things can wear on a person over time. So if you're thinking about going nomadic, whether part-time or for six months, those are things you need to think about. Those are the things, realities that you need to know that these little things can wear on you over time. And if you are not in the right mindset and if you don't have the right idea about calling it exercise, you can have a mental and even a physical wearing down. So 
just be aware that those things can exist. And that happens in any lifestyle. So you just have to know that moving, changing, metamorphosizing, (laughs) is that a word? Metamorphosizing, metamorphing, (laughs) morphing into a nomadic lifestyle um, does not mean all the problems, whatever you were experiencing before will be solved. I did not expect my problems to be solved if I had any. Um, I did not come into it with unrealistic expectations. I am just enjoying what some would in historic times call a sabbatical year. I am going where the wind blows me and I'm traveling for a year and then we will see. So those are some things I wanted to share. Those are some things that I want people to know. You don't always have, well, if you're in a van and you don't have the ability to hook up to water, you're never going to have running water. So that can become a challenge. If you don't have a shore power electrical hookup ability to your vehicle, you may not be able to hook up to an RV electrical uh, hookup. However, if you carry an RV heavy duty power cord, you can always hook up there if there's a 110. And even if you don't have the port in your vehicle, you can carry a 30 or 50 amp adapter that plugs into the RV shore power electrical connection. And then you use your heavy duty power cord and then you run it into your window or what, whatever vehicle you're, you're using. So there are ways to have power. Um, one thing that I have learned is there are actually places where you can go and stay and have free water and electric hookups. I'm not going to elaborate on where those are, um, but any person who is doing nomadic traveling can find those and um, I'll leave the thrill of the hunt up to you. So those do exist. At the times when you are not doing that, when you're boondocking without anything, of course the challenges are whether or not you have enough power to do all the things that you need to do and whether or not you have enough sun and solar devices to recharge whatever portable power you are using. So that's a little more difficult, a little more pricey, I do not have fixed solar. I have portable solar and uh, fixed solar is really important in my opinion if you're going to be doing any kind of traveling for any kind of extended period of time. It really helps to have that up there working whenever you are parked anywhere. When you have your vehicle sitting and the sun is up, you can have it charging. With portable You have to sit and babysit your portable panels. And that means you have to be in one place, not exploring, for 8 to 10 hours while the sun charges your items. And sometimes that means you sacrifice a whole day of doing what you would have rather been doing to sit with your solar panels. So those are things to know. If you're already going to be sitting and you are at a place where you just want to sit and hang out and relax and sit in the lawn chair and let the portable solar panels work for you, then by all means, the portable solar panels are going to be just fine. 
So that's just a little bit of an overview of some of the things that you would want to think about. Um, I've had people ask whether they should sell everything and move into their vehicle. And the answer to that is multifaceted and something that each person must investigate for themselves. And what I say is I don't live in my vehicle. I am on a one-year sabbatical vacation of sorts. And every person's private information about that can remain private. Your reasons, your choices, whatever you're doing and how you're doing it can remain private. I'm just sharing the information that helps people know some of the realities of traveling, of, of full-time, temporary full-time traveling. Um, my answer to that is, if a person is considering doing that, I've seen people say, well, you should tape off a little area the size of the vehicle or the trailer or the RV or whatever your conveyance is going to be. Tape off a little space that size in your house and try to pack it the way you would pack and then live in that space for a week and see. Sorry, <laughs> I should have turned down my sound. Um, see how you like it. And the answer I have for that is that doesn't work. One, you're still in your house where you have water, electricity, bathroom. You can cheat and walk to the bathroom. You can see what you're doing because you have electricity. You don't have to figure out where to park, where to stay, where to camp. You don't have to look for a place to be allowed to be. And those are some of the biggest stumbling blocks for people when they start traveling. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to park. They don't know where to be. They don't know how to be at a place where they're allowed to be. They don't know how to find places that maybe don't cost. They don't have the budget to find all the places that do cost. There are a lot of considerations for this lifestyle and taping off a little piece of the area in your house is not going to prepare you. I watched hundreds of YouTube video hours. I soaked up hundreds and hundreds of posts on various nomadic travel groups for the first couple of years prior to, for the couple of years prior to our sabbatical taking off and doing travel. It is important to know what you're getting into. And if you are going to practice in the way that some people are saying people should practice, the way to do that is to literally move into the conveyance that you're going to be using for travel, whatever that conveyance is. Knowing that in certain municipalities, it is not legal to use a regular car as a camper. And that means that you have to figure out ways to legally be where you want to be in the conveyance that you want to be there in. And um, those are the challenges and those are the things you have to learn. So move into that conveyance for two weeks and don't step foot in the home, the home base that you have for that two weeks. Do not go home to use your bathroom. Do not go home to use your refrigerator. Do not go home to see any, you know, whatever. Um, don't check your mail. You might have somebody check it for you, but 
you won't be checking your mail when you're traveling because you won't be at your mailbox. So you have to make considerations for those things and you have to know in reality how that works. And a lot of people who take the plunge and decide they're going to do it have never tried those things and realize after they do it that they hate it. They don't like traveling. They don't like the lifestyle. They don't like the difficulties that come with the lifestyle. And when you've already made that plunge, made that move, and finding out you don't like it, you're on the wrong end of things because then you have to unravel what you've done. And so for some people, that's impossible or um, extremely expensive and nearly impossible. So if you're thinking about it, do the practice. Do a practice run at least two weeks and pretend that you've already taken the plunge. And do not allow yourself to cheat. Then you will really, truly know if you can do it and if you will like it. And I actually would say do a, do a month of practice. Um, that gives you the information you need to know about refrigeration, pantry storage, cooking. How will you do it? Where will you do it? Where will you be allowed to do it? <laughs> Those are all things you need to know. So once again, I am very much enjoying my travel. I am very much enjoying going where the wind blows me and knowing that I can be where I want to be. I can explore a small town and find out what is that town known for and what can I go and do there and what excitement can I find? What little pieces of experience can I tuck into my pocket for some later time in life when I'm looking back on things that I have done, things that I've experienced that keep life from being boring. <laughs> what stories will I have when I'm older? Uh, I've got several now to tuck away and I share those on well, several places, but I'm going to be sharing them in writing soon on my blog. And uh, I'll point you there when I have it up and running and ready. That's been a major problem. Getting uh, my website ready on a shoestring budget is difficult. And I have taken a very long time to do it. I do now have a website and I have it almost ready, but it is not live. It is not ready yet uh, for prime time. So I am going to be WordPress based and I actually need somebody who knows WordPress building to help me out with it. And um, I've been looking for somebody who's willing to kind of do that on a shoestring um, payment amount. <laughs> we'll see if that's possible. So I don't yet have that, but I will be sharing a lot of my adventures in that way. And um, I may actually do some of the specific information adventures on Podbean for um, the paid members, the premium content members. We will see how that goes. Now that I've given you <laughs> just kind of a rambling overview of some things you might want to know and some of the challenges that you might have, um, I want to share that I have started a second Facebook group. My regular group, Van Life Pantry, Nomadic Pantry, is for food topics. It is for pantry storage topics, kitchen build topics, refrigeration, powering your kitchen, cooking, cooking utensils, 
all of the things that have to do with kitchen and food and all of that. That is covered there. And if you are a member of Facebook groups in any way, you know that most of them have a rule against self-promotion. My group is no exception to that. There is a rule against self-promotion. However, in my Nomadic Pantry, Van Life Pantry, Nomadic Pantry Facebook group, I have one thread, one comment post thread that is self-promotion specific. And that is because I think people who are trying to build something, an online income stream of sorts, need a place to share with others who might be interested what that is and where to find it. So I do allow that self-promotion thread there. But I have found in other groups, and I'm in a lot of groups, that people want to be able to share what they're doing and they keep getting shut down. Admins and moderators, of course, are doing their jobs and they are removing posts or removing members for violating the rules. So I thought there really needs to be a whole group that is dedicated to completely allowed self-promotion. So the group is called, a very long name, Van and Nomad Life. So Van and Nomad Life, Self-Promotion and Discussion. I may shorten that. I may change the name. I don't know. That's the working title at this moment. So Van and Nomad Life, Self-Promotion and Discussion. I just started it yesterday. I just decided that we need a place where people can do that sort of promotion. And it's going to be a a quote-unquote free-for-all of sorts, but uh, I do state (laughs) that if there starts to be some sort of barroom brawl equivalent type thread, I reserve the right to shut it down. If the person um, shares too many times over and over and over and over the same stuff, I'm going to shut that down. Um, it's not completely free for all, but it is a place where people can go and share their podcast, their YouTube, whatever they're doing, um, especially for the nomad community. I mean, it's nomad community focused. So van and nomad life. If you have something that you're doing, you sell t-shirts, you're building a business, you have a YouTube, you have a podcast, you have whatever you want to promote, come to the group and promote it because uh, I think we all need a place where we're allowed to do that. And so this will be the place you are allowed to promote whatever you're doing. Of course, as long as it is, you know, family friendly, I'm not going to allow, you know, (laughs) pornographic promotion or, you know, something like that. Um, But within reason, whatever you're promoting that involves, you know, helping you gain a stream of income or grow your quote unquote brand, whatever that is, come to this group, Van and Nomad Life, self-promotion and discussion and share it. And that gives us all a place where we can go and share and discuss. And um, sometimes I want to share things that are not topic focused. And I can't do that on my group that's about kitchen and food and cooking because people who are there for the topic focus, they don't want to hear all the extra stuff necessarily. There are other groups for that. So this group will also be a group for that. It's open discussion of whatever things that you have also found along the way that you want to share. So that's one thing I wanted to get out there today. 
And lastly, I'm now getting to the part that I should have put first, <laughs> but I wanted to share um, just the general discussion part first today. And, you know, of course, I tend to do that. I tend to ramble and just kind of tell you things that I want to know along the way. I don't really do this with notes, so um, you get what you get. But I do want to share um, something cooking specific and uh, kitchen specific today, and that is about coffee making. That's a pretty common topic in most of the forums and especially in our food forum, it comes up relatively often. How do people make coffee? What kind of coffee do you make? What's the easiest way to make coffee? So um, I'm only going to cover one way to make coffee today. And that is, uh, I have done a little bit of research for 10 products that do French press coffee making. So if you were into French press coffee making, in your home base and now you're a nomad and you haven't been able to have French press coffee because you know those carafes are glass and very breakable and really not well suited to nomadic life and all that movement. I have found 10 ways, uh, products to use to make French press coffee that will get you back to being able to have French press coffee on the road. So I'm going to share those now. And I want to say first that I haven't used any of these, but I have spoken to other people who have used several of them and who do like them and who do declare that they are worth using. Uh, and um, I, of course, am not an affiliate of any particular company or I'm not an Amazon affili affiliate at this time. So uh, these are all just based on where I found them and um, there's no you know, sway of any kind. So let's get to those 10 French press coffee products. I have shared this in my Van Life Pantry Nomadic Pantry Facebook group. I have it set up as a learning group and there are what Facebook calls guides. And in guide number three, beverages and coffee makers, I have placed this list of French press coffee makers. And um, the first one is expensive, but it does have some good thermal construction. And um, it is called Clara, C-L-A-R-A, French press. The thing I love about this one is its design. It is gorgeous. It is black with walnut accents. It is beautiful <laughs> and it is really pricey. It's $135. Um, so what they say about their product is it is a unique vacuum insulated wall construction. It is ideal uh, for holding that brewing temperature, for optimal coffee extraction, for keeping your coffee hot for your second and third cup, which if anybody knows anything about French press, one of the hard things is keeping it hot. That glass carafe cools down very quickly, even if you have a knitted cozy. <laughs> so um, this is vacuum insulated walls and allows for that extra length of heating. And it is just beautiful. It's a, it's a lovely, lovely item. So um, you can find it on fellowproducts.com. That's where I found it. But if you just come to the guide in my group, there's a link 
or if you Google Clara French Press, um, you should be able to find that one. The second one is a much better price. It's double insulated stainless steel. It is Mueller French Press double insulated 304 stainless steel coffee maker. It has four level filtration system so that no coffee grounds should be able to get through this filtration system. Um, although if you make French press, you know that one of the really good things about French press is that really nice, almost thick, powdery coffiness <laughs> that does make it through the filtration system. So I don't know if this four filter system will filter out more of what I actually like in a French press pot. But uh, I, one person that um, commented did say that they have this one and they really do like this particular maker. What the company says about this one is that it will keep your, your coffee hot for 60 minutes or possibly longer than the other models. It is drop proof, rust proof, and possibly bulletproof. <laughs> we don't really ever want to have to find out the answer to that one. Um, and these are all personal sized, so they're going to make, you know, a small amount. I don't see the ounces on this one or the other one, but um, just know that it's going to make you a cup or two of coffee. Now, also know that a coffee cup is measured as four ounces, not eight. When you have a 10 cup coffee maker, it is not 80 ounce coffee maker. Um, a, a cup of coffee is traditionally thought of as four ounces. And who drinks a four ounce cup of coffee? Nobody on earth. So just know that you're going to get maybe two eight ounce cups out of this or four Demitasse cups. So $29.97, much better price than the Cara. Stainless steel is nice, but it's definitely not as pretty as the Cara. The third one is a good mid-range price. It has thermal insulation and it has a nice gray color. If you're looking for the aesthetics of this as well, I really like this one. It's the Coffee Gator French Press Coffee Maker. It's thermal insulated brewer plus travel jar. Large capacity, double wall stainless steel. It's 34 ounces and it is a nice gray color. And uh, the Gator logo is kind of cute too. So $39.99 for this one. And um, what do they say about it? Coffee Gator was founded with one goal, to help people drink better coffee. Determined to optimize the unique taste of a fresh brew, we spent months developing the best coffee tools. And since the 2015 launch, we've gained notoriety for providing convenience, confidence, and quality to your daily cup. So uh, I think if I were going to try one and I didn't want to spring for the Cara because you know, come on, $135 just because it has walnut accents and it's beautiful. I think I would go with this $39.99 Gator type. It is also beautiful. Um, one thing I don't like about the stainless steel in this lifestyle is I find it hard to keep polished and the Gator has a nice matte finish and um, that means it's going to look pretty and nice and aesthetically pleasing on my table regardless of its age or whether I have had time to use a polishing cloth. Um, so $39.99, I think this one is a very good option. These are all using, you know, a regular standard French press plunger. Um, this one does not say uh, what exactly it uses as the filtration, but it has 
what looks like a pretty robust filtration system like many of the others. Number four, also mid-priced, double wall construction. This one is black. It is um, shaped very similar to the Gator, and it is called Bellwares, B-E-L-W-A-R-E-S, French press coffee maker, double wall stainless steel, extra filters, 34 ounce black, $34.99. And this one is actually on walmart.com. So I don't know where else you can find it. I just happened to find it in this location. And uh, if you have a problem with Walmart, you may not want to buy it here. If it's something that they exclusively carry, you may not want to buy it at all, but that's up to you. It is nice looking. It is kind of a matte black finish. And as I said, it's very similar looking to the Gator, um, but in black. So the handle on the side is a similar style. Um, highly polished stainless steel, but that's on the inside because it's not stainless steel on the outside. Um, they call it a savvy replacement for your traditional coffee maker. Has a unique mechanism which uses a plunger that compresses the coffee grounds in boiling water. Of course, everyone knows if you're looking at a French press pot, that is the point of a French press, the unique plunger mechanism. So um, they're not telling us anything we didn't already know about a French press coffee pot. So um, this one does not say how long it will stay warm, except it uses the words for hours, very warm for hours. So I would say, you know, you're probably going to be safe with at least an hour out of this one. And that is number four on our list, $34.99, Bell Wears. Number five, much lower price, plastic thermos construction, single cup size. Um, this one is actually shaped like a travel coffee drink cup that you just put in your cup holder while you're driving. Um, so some people might really like that. It makes one cup. You're going to have one cup. And I think it's a 16 ounce, it's a 15 ounce cup. It is Bodum, which of course is a recognized and reputable brand. It is a travel French press coffee maker, 15 ounces. They call it black, but it's actually, um, kind of looks multicolored. It has a black stripe. It has, uh, well, actually maybe they're showing me the yeah, I okay, they're calling it black, so we're going to go with that. It looks like parts of it might be clear plastic with black accents. It is only $14.78, and I found it on walmart.com, but I'm sure it's Bodum. You can find it many other places. And the one thing that I'm not sure I would like about this is it doesn't look like there's any way to take the plunger out. The plunger is part of the lid, and because it is a travel cup in itself, it looks like you leave the grounds and the plunger in the entire time you're drinking the cup of coffee. I don't know if that works for me. It does say that the plunger lid features a stopper for safe drinking. So, you know, if you are on the go, on the road, this might be perfect. You're going to make your coffee and drive. You don't have time or space to make your coffee, pour it out, clean out the grounds, do something with the grounds. 
and then make your coffee, put it back in your cup and drink it. This is kind of an all-in-one. You make your coffee, the grounds stay all the way at the bottom during the entire drinking, and when you're finished, then you go clean your cup. That might work great for some people. I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. But $14.78, not a bad price. You get your French press, and you get it in a single cup, ready-to-go, fit-in-your-cup-holder mechanism. Number six on the list is Jet Boil Grande. Some people know the brand Jet Boil because it is um, a backpacker stove or a travel stove that heats really fast. This is, as far as I can tell, not that. It's not the Jet Boil brand of that. Jet Boil is all one word. Um, and it's sold at Sportsman's Warehouse. It's called Jet Boil Grande Coffee Press, and what it really looks like is it is just the plunger and filter mechanism that you use on your own whatever cup or, or travel cup you've got. It looks like it's the size to fit a top of a travel cup. It's $9.97, and um, what they say is it is compatible with Minimo, Sumo, and Sumo T. And um, so if you have those cups, this is compatible with those. So this just basically what they say about it is um, upgrade, it's T1, I guess. Upgrade your backcountry beverage selection with the Feather Light Grande Coffee Press. The stem detaches from the basket so you can stow it in your cup. It includes the Sumo and Minimo compatible rods. So if, depending on which cup you're using it with, apparently you're going to use a different uh, plunger rod. So with Minimo, Sumo, and Sumo T1. It is also compatible with a 1 liter short and 1.8 liter spare cups. So it, it is apparently created to fit Minimo, Sumo, and Sumo T1 cups. If you have those, this will work for you. Um... I got the suggestion from someone who has it and uses it, and uh, so I added it to the list as an inexpensive French press option. Number seven, I've seen a lot of buzz about number seven. It is called the Aero Press, A-E-R-O Press. It sits on top of your cup, and the plunger action happens actually up there outside your cup, uh, I don't know that I like it, but it ha- it has a lot of buzz around it. It has a lot of good reviews. A lot of nomads absolutely adore this thing. And um, to me, it looks a lot like the uh, snake bite kit plunger <laughs> that I have in my survival kit. Um, it is called AeroPress Original Coffee Maker. It's $39.95. It is a plastic construction. It says that it brews your coffee in one to three minutes. No, one minute? I don't know. That doesn't sound like enough time. Uh, brews one to three delicious cups with one press. It can also make cold brew and an espresso style coffee for lattes, cappuccinos, and more. So what you get is the micro filter. It removes uh, grit from your coffee, unlike the other press type coffee makers. And I think that grit is the part that I was saying I like. I don't want actual grinds in it, but that kind of thick, dusty, 
grit, if you will, that ends up in your cup is part of what is great about a French press. Anyway, they apparently filter that out. The filter stores neatly on your counter and keeps it easily accessible. Um, because it happens all above your cup, there's a funnel. It makes it easy to transfer the coffee from your grinder to the AeroPress chamber. Um, it is designed to be perfect length for the AeroPress coffee maker, and it does not um, leave the grounds in your cup, apparently. It, the grounds are perfectly contained within the maker. So that's a kind of a different way of doing it. And um, if you like that, it's a roughly $40 item. Number eight, Planetary Design has a grab bag option for discounts on blemished or logo mistake presses. Um, I don't, I'm guessing they also sell non-blemished and non-logo mistake presses, but somebody um, shared this link with me and I thought it was pretty cool. It is number eight in my group in guide number three, um, if you want to know the exact link. But anyway, it's on planetarydesign.com. Brutrek, B-R-U-T-R-E-K, registered trademark name, Brutrek, Brutrek, <laughs> say that three times fast, tabletop French press, um, they have a grab bag, so um, you don't really know what you're getting, you could be getting a really small one, a medium one, or a large one, they have three sizes, it's $25 to $37, uh, the small is 20 ounces, the medium is 32 ounces and the big one is 48 ounces. So um, if you choose the grab bag option, you get this kind of discounted pricing, but you don't know what you're going to get. So if you want a small one and you end up with a 48 ounce, well, that's kind of just what you get. Um, but it is a French press design. It actually looks a little more like a normal coffee carafe pitcher. Um, it's shaped like a coffee carafe pitcher. So, um, that, you know, if you like that design, then this would be for you. It is not glass. None of the ones I'm sharing are glass. They're, uh, I think this is stainless steel design. Some of them look like stainless steel on the outside. Some are red, some are black. It just depends on what you get. Um, there are several varieties available. So, um, here's a review. This person says, I chose the 48 ounce size for car camping. I had been using a 12 cup percolator on a camp stove, but the coffee seemed thin and it took forever to percolate. This press has definitely fixed those issues. Um, it makes a full bodied cup of coffee in five minutes, cleans up easily, has good heat retention. Um, and I may add a 32 ounce for convenience at the home kitchen. So they call it a winner. Um, I'm probably, it's not my choice because I don't want the coffee carafe uh, design. And I think they're too, well, the 20 ounce and the 32 ounce would be fine. The largest one would not be for me. So that brings us to number nine, which is also a large one. It's the Stanley thermal design, um, French press maker. And actually Stanley makes two sizes. I found this one first. It's the 48 ounce. Well, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Um, 48 ounce double vacuum insulation, stainless steel, wide mouth coffee press, large capacity, ergonomic handle, dishwasher safe. <laughs> I don't think most of us who are nomadic care about dishwasher safe. Um, but you know, some people who have the fancy RVs or even the fancier vans probably do have a little dishwasher of sorts in there. Um, so this 48 ounce one is 62.98. 
I found it on Amazon.com. Uh, it has that signature green uh, Stanley color, and then it is bottom and topped with a brushed stainless steel look. So if you like that color and design and you like Stanley, which, um, you know, is also a very reputable company with good, good reputation all of these years for keeping things warm for a long time, uh, you might want to try the Stanley. What I found after I found this one is that the Stanley also has a 16 ounce personal size and that's number 10. So Stanley 48 ounce thermal design is number nine on the list and it comes in at $63, which makes it one of the more pricey ones. But if you are a diehard Stanley fan, you might be interested in this one. It says it's tough and durable, two layers of BPA-free 18-8 stainless steel walls. The mesh plunger is strong enough to keep animals in their field, but fine enough to keep grounds out of your cup. <laughs> so I thought that was a nice um, explanation of its strength and filtration ability. Number 10, the Stanley 16-ounce Personal Mug Thermal Integrated Press Design. Um, this one I also found on Amazon.com. It is a much more uh, friendly price at $22.49. It's another one that's like um, an individual cup. It is an individual sized cup that will fit in your cup holder and you make your grounds right in there and then drink right after. Um, it is 18.8 stainless steel, BPA-free, leak-proof, packable, double-wall insulation, um, also dishwasher safe. They say that it will keep hot for four hours, will keep cold for five hours, will keep ice for 20 hours. I think that's pretty cool. The only thing that I don't care about with the Stanley version is um, the little French press part that holds the grounds seems bulky. It seems like it would take up a lot of room in there. And um, I don't know, it looks like it might be a messier one to clean up. Again, as I've said before, I have not used any of these. So it might be the best one and I don't even know it. Um, so if you are interested in these and you're interested in the links to these, I will try to share the links here in the show notes. But, uh, you know, if I don't get around to that, come join the group, Facebook group, Van Life Pantry, Nomadic Pantry. Go to guide number three and they are already there for you. Um, so I've gone long today. I did that um, accidentally <laughs> as usual. If you have taken the time to get this far, I thank you for listening. And um, you know, if you're on a drive, you could just be listening to this you don't have to touch your phone. You don't have to violate any rules. You can download it beforehand. You can have it just playing on your portable speaker or plugged in through your vehicle speakers or however you want to listen to it. But if you're on a three-hour drive, it doesn't, you know, take much to listen to a couple of 45-hour podcasts and get some good information along the way. My information is given in a haphazard way, perhaps, but uh, it's conversational. I like the conversational tones. I like the not knowing exactly what's going to be in there. What nugget am I going to find in this little conversation? Um, some of the podcasts that use 
the same formula every time are good because you know what you're getting. You know what to look for. You know what to listen for. And if you don't like a part, you skip to the next part because you know what the next segment is going to be. That's great. I don't particularly care to listen to only that kind because I find that I get bored with that. (laughs) I want to just... I want to hear the conversation. I want um, the conversational tone. And, you know, with that in mind, I keep saying I'm going to have more lives and I haven't done it. But um, when I find additional nomadic persons who are interested in doing some lives with me, um, I do plan to do that because that does give us actual conversation and we get a little more of that back and forth and more than just my perspective. So if you've made it this far, again, I thank you. I hope that you are having a good day. I have spent two and a half hours this morning mapping the next destination and I'm about to um, roll everything up and get on the road. So as I've said before, I've seen some of you now along on my travels. I've actually met some of the same people in various places. They've ended up, you know, next place I went, there were some of the same people um, traveling the same circuit. So um, it is likely that I may see you on down the road. Until then, you have a wonderful day. Enjoy your food. Enjoy the road. Enjoy each other. Be thankful for every single moment that you are able to grab in this life. The end for now.